Hello, I'm Simon. I'm Sally. And this is the what the fuck? Hello, Simon. How did how did you get in here? It's your second favorite biologist. <laughs> how did how did you get in here? Well, there was someone called Dan, and uh, he was a little busy today, so he asked me if I could take over. I'd like to be very clear at this point, at this moment in time, that is not true. Dan is meant to be here, but he's he not. Is. He's gone AWOL. Where is he? I don't know. I su- he suggested this day. I suggested this time and he said yes. And he's not here. Mm. So I've, I'll give him a call midway through the podcast to see if he turns up. But yes, okay. Dan, this was meant to be our great celebratory special with with Sally LePage. And he just didn't turn up. So it's nice to know that I am uh, so well, warmly welcomed, you know. Really rolling out the red carpet for me. Yeah, if we had like Chris Hemsworth on or something like that, he he'd be here in a shot. If it was somebody that like I don't know, somebody actually yeah, if important. If it was Dodie, he'd be here in a shot. Yes. Would you like to tell your anecdote about Dodie that just happened before the podcast? Oh uh, yeah, so I was just uh, tweeting a photo of my microphone setup because in order to stop the peas and the plosive sounds from uh, blowing up the microphone, you usually put a piece of foam over the mic. I lost that piece of foam, so I just have a sock over my mic at the moment and uh, tweeted it and Dodie Clark liked the tweet. So there you go, Dan. If you were here, you would be one step closer to Dodie, but you're not, so it sucks to be you. So when uh, when you said that it's got to stop the peas getting on the microphone, I definitely interpreted that in my head as you had like peas up your nose and when you talked they flew out and hit the microphone (laughs) i don't know why that's the image i had in my head anyway moving on so uh you've got peas up your nose and you also have a wikipedia article for us do do you i do my article this week simon is wilkins peak uh which was the first random article out of about four or five that wasn't to do with football or was mostly in the Roman alphabet because I'm not going to try and pronounce some Arabic characters I don't recognise. So tell me about Wilkins Peak, Simon, before I tell you anything about it. Oh, well, Wilkins Peak is uh, related to the much more common widow's peak. Um, It's a form of hairstyle where you... It's like a mohawk where mm-hmm. you gel your um, your fringe, just the fringe, into mm-hmm. a peak just above the forehead. And it looks like a mountain. That's where it gets its name from. Um, it, it's, it's in the Pyrenees, and yeah. it looks like a, a pyramid. And that's the, the kind of... So, uh, that, that's pretty much right, isn't it? So wait, so the the mountain was named after the hairstyle, or the hairstyle was named after the mountain? Well, obvi- obviously the hairstyle was named after the mountain. It wasn't like we okay. had a hairstyle, and then someone was like, you know that mountain, yeah, looks just like that hairstyle. Looks like that, yeah, yeah. Next to Mohawk Peak, it is a, a hairstyle that you do to yourself. So the widow's peak, of course, is a genetic male pattern baldness um, yes. inherited on the Y chromosome, uh, or is it inherited on the X, which would be Y. Anyway, you're um, the biologist. How am I supposed to know? <laughs> I am the biologist. Um, so, but the Wilkins Peak is a deliberate fashion choice. Yes, exactly. That, that that's pretty much right, isn't it? Yeah, it totally is. Uh, I, I mean, it says that just here. It says Wilkins Peak is a small mountain located in Sweetwater County, Wyoming, between the cities of Green River and Rock Springs. So basically, it's exactly what you just said. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I summarised that pretty well, actually. You so, did, yeah. yeah. So how tall Good. is this hairstyle? No to... 
So this hairstyle is uh, 2,330 meters or for Simon, because earlier he was describing distances in inches and feet. Honestly, <laughs> Mr. British Doctor of Physics, how dare you? It's 7,650 feet in it's elevation. It's a perfectly acceptable colloquial unit of measurement. It's, it's not... You know, sometimes it's okay. it's almost... If someone was to tell you that it's 2,000 metres or 7,500 feet, I have no idea what that actually means. Like, I have no reference for that. It's a... It's a... Oh, I was going to say something really clever then, and I just refreshed my Twitter feed and someone sent me a gif of me uh, sledging with the caption, when you find a nut, uh, which has just completely pushed any intelligent thoughts from my brain. Um, Blame it on the gif, Simon. Blame it on the gif. What you were saying uh, was, um, oh yeah, it's just big, right? As soon as you say, oh, it's this many thousand units of anything. But I'm I'm looking at the the map and it doesn't look, uh, the photo, sorry, and it doesn't look that big. Like, I don't know, how big is Mount Everest? 29,002 feet, Um, I think. Let me just bring it up. Hang on. That was the initial yeah, estimate. Yeah, twenty nine thousand and twenty nine feet. Oh, I was so How close! Did you know that? I, th- I, th- How I, I, did I, you know that? I think it was because on Twitter the other day, the initial it was a QI fact. The initial estimate was exactly twenty nine thousand feet, but the dude thought that no one was going to believe him, so he added two feet just to be like to make it look more believable. So I think that's that's why that was in my brain. So it is approximately four times bigger than Wilkins Peak. That's still quite... So hang on, how tall was Wilkins Peak again? Wilkins Peak is 29,000 feet or 8,000... 8, no, wait, that's Mount Everest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, it's, God, it's massive. <laughs> Wilkins Peak is 2,330 metres or 7,650 feet. So 7,000 feet is uh, like... Snowden is 3,500 feet. So it's two lots of Snowden. Yeah. So it's, I mean, Snowden. I mean, British mountains aren't really mountains. They're kind of big hills, let's face it. Well, they are mountains. They are, yeah. By, by definition, they are. Um, and like Munro's, yeah. which is the definition of a, mount, a big mountain in Scotland, are over 2,000 feet. Um, hang on, wait a second. A, a challenger has appeared. Dan, are you in the call? A challenger has appeared. I am here. Hello. He's oh, finally hello, made there. it. It's Olive oh, Mars. I was. I was so oh busy in, in the Apple store, you know, that uh, I, I just kind of got <laughs> lost track of time. Um, That's, I mean, it's literally, but, it's literally but me. But then I had That's, to come back perfect. from the library. So, uh, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, so, right, for, right for back here now, chaps. For reference, Dan, Sally, Sally wanted to do the whole episode pretending to be you. And... I did. <laughs> I see. I really did. Okay. <laughs> Where have you sorry, been? Sorry, I just got... I got lost in some little nook of the Apple store and, uh, yeah, but it's all right now. I was, I was ensconced in this nook. I was very much so. No, I um, I completely forgot that this was happening today. Knew it. I'm How I bloody knew it. Dare yeah. you, Daniel Moore? I may have. I may have got a little overexcited in realizing that because it's Easter Sunday, I didn't have work, which meant I may or may not have gone out last night. Ah. And, um, yeah, feeling a little worse for wear. Not going to lie, but here we Christ go. We're here. Christ wasn't let's, the only one who rose from the dead. On the road. Enough. Oh my god, yeah. Well, the thing is, I've just been sitting on the sofa watching, you know, this Wild Wild County documentary I was on about last episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, I was just watching. I was just watching. Oh well, I was watching that on the, on on the sofa, and then bit. I got a me- 
I checked my phone because um, I just plugged it in because it had died from last night. And I saw a message from you being like, oh, join the call while you can, mate. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's today. <laughs> I knew it. I was like, maybe something's happened. Maybe he's had to be called in for work on an emergency shift. And I was like, no, I bet the, I bet to fuck that he is just on the sofa. He's going to see like three missed calls Spot on his on. phone and go, oh, shit yeah it's lit that's literally what happened so, so sally but we're here now would you like you, you're actually relatively early in the episode it's it's not it's fine uh sally what are we talking about this week we are talking about wilkins peak of course and yes. uh it is a small mountain in wyoming we haven't even got on to what it's used for yet we are primarily talking about its elevation Wait, it has a use? Lord. It, it has a use. It is primarily used, which suggests that there is more than one use. It is primarily used for radio and television station transmitters. But it also serves radios uh, for the FAA, EMS and local businesses such as Kestar Gas. How amazing. Wow. My goodness. And Scintillating. in 2003... Wait, there's more? on the peak was knocked down by a vehicle delivering propane to customers. <gasps> was it also delivering propane Lord. accessories? Was it just propane? Sorry, that's the King of the Hill reference. Um, I did not get that. So There are numerous roads. It's open year round. And it's popular location for mountain biking and hiking. Well, goodness. I mean, it's quite, it just gets better and better. It's quite a sizable mountain from what we've just, from our extended uh, discussion of how big is a mountain it is it's oh. two snowdens but also this wikipedia article tells me exactly what type of television transmitters and radio towers are on this mountain and like, of course you're going to tell th- us. there is a whole set so there's a tiny paragraph about the geology of it and there's an entire mm. section about radio and television uses is there anything interesting in that let's let's cut to the chase is there anything interesting in the, in the transmitters no looking through it no there is uh, other than yeah other than that power getting knocked out by the by the propane vehicles brakes failing there is nothing of interest Uh, it matches much of the articles we discussed then (laughs) yeah it's if it fits in perfectly it's so on theme but it's very important that everyone knows that current trail maps can be obtained for free at the green river chamber of commerce at the visitor center so there is a visitor center for this map montana's where which is um, a good job because it's in wyoming which is a red which is oh sorry wyoming because uh yeah hank green lives in montana was what i was going to say he does yes which is very beautiful it's really stunning montana um oh if you when when did you go I went when I was filming with GE. Uh, the, I went to chat to. Um, I mean, it's not Tom Thumb. It's Jack Horner, um, who is a dinosaur <laughs> expert. So uh, he just who, like I know it's not that childhood uh, parable or rhyme. It's uh... <laughs> basically yeah. Because I mean, who's actually called Jack Horner? Um, so little Jack Horner was the, um, Sat in the dinosaur corner. expert that they based Sam Neill's character off in Jurassic Park. So That's he is the scientific the advisor for Jurassic um, Park and Jurassic World. I was filming yeah, a video yeah. GE about the science of Jurassic World when it was about to come out. So we, they flew me to Montana for a day. Because uh, wow. so Wyoming is the perfectly rectangular state, isn't it? It's the one that's it's like in the north. It's not perfectly rectangular. 
Oh, okay, um, so sorry. if you look at the, there are some border disputes that you can see in the top left-hand corner. Um, but to first approximations, it's very much a rectangle. But is it a very flat state? Because what I'm getting at is, do people put the antennas on top of the mountain because it's the only high ground? So there's like Obi-Wan Kenobi's there and like the these antennas mm. are on top of it? Like, is that is that why they're there? Sorry, what has Obi-Wan Kenobi got to do with anything? High ground. She what? hasn't seen Star Wars, Dan. I don't know. I have, around. which is really annoying because I saw two Star Wars films. My life has not been benefited in any way by watching them. Which ones did you see? Which, no which ones longer, did you watch? I can no longer say that I've never seen Star Wars. So I have lost being able to say that I've never seen Star Wars and not gained anything. I saw number seven and number yep. four. Oh, yeah, because you were the lead role in number seven. Oh, wait, no, that was Daisy Ridley. You just sound exactly the same. Mm. Um, yeah. and, and by seeing number seven you, you'd already seen number four because it's just a remake so seven was the first one I saw in the cinema and I watched the whole thing with some friends of mine that are very big Star Wars fans and at the end of it I just like sat there it's like credits rolling what the f*** is the force was the first thing I said <laughs> after watching that film they um, never explain it anywhere. It's so inconsistent. It's like, well, the force is used to move things, to control people, to send thoughts. You know what? Any plot hole that we need filling in, we'll just pretend that the force can do it. It's never mm. explained anywhere what the limits of it are. It's like, oh, no, they're trapped, but they can just use the force to get out. Hey! To be fair, it's the terrible. last time they it's tried really to, to explain the Force was in the prequels, and it was so universally hated that I think they were like, "We're just not going to explain it. It's just nicer if we don't know." Yeah, like if you haven't seen, well, they, tried, they tried to root it in biology, didn't they? Which just made absolutely zero sense. Yes, well, there was metachlorians in your bloodstream, uh, and if you have a high metachlorian count, you're a fo- you're Force capable and a Force user, uh, which was dumb, and everybody hated it immediately. Um, you know, because yeah. you're talking about Star Wars, I'm actually more interested in how flat Wyoming is. And the highest point is 2,000 meters, and the lowest point is 945 meters. So, so it's take pretty from flat. That what you will. That that that's that's very little variance, isn't it? It's a Snowden's worth of variance. No, I suppose actually, it's more yeah. than a Ben Nevis worth of variance. But if you th- but like the lowest point of the UK is presumably slightly below sea level, right? Yeah, but Ben Nevis is only one thousand three hundred and forty-five meters. And the this variance-, has a variance of over two thousand. Oh, okay, so it's not that flat then. So, so no, why- over three thousand. Sorry, it's a lot so- less, a lot less flat than the UK. Okay, so okay, I was completely wrong then. Hey, did you know that? Ben Nevis translates to venomous mountain. No. No, I didn't know that because Ben is, the English spelling is different from the Gaelic spelling, which is like more complicated. And I think that that bit specifically means mountain Um, because like on Sky. B-E-I-N-N. Yeah, Ben. Mm. Um, Because there's Ben the Kalach on which is next to my relatives who live on Sky. And that's like, I can't remember, that's like old woman mountain or something like that. Um. But then, like a lot of mountains have got are called mountain mountain because English appropriates the name from their language. Like like Mount Fuji is mountain mountain. Um, we were literally having this conversation last night um, over Easter dinner as to how the Celtic language is hardly anywhere in English. So we've got the Anglo-Saxons invaded the Celts, and normally when you invade a country, you pick up lots of words from the language. So, for example, mm. we've got lots of Indian words in our language since the Indian colonization. 
But mm-hmm. despite the fact that the Angles invaded the Celts, there's hardly any Celtic words in there at all. Like pretty much all of our words are um, in old English, so from the Anglo-Saxons onwards. And the very few places where we can see it is in word names. So like Penelo Hill is Hill, Hill, Hill. River Avon is River, River. Um, and various Tor, Pen, mm. uh, Beck, I think, might be Celtic as well. But yeah, so you get the um, you get the Celtic followed by the Anglo-Saxon followed by the modern English in a lot of UK place names. Because I, I imagine basically the Roman colonizers arrived to one look at the way the language worked and was just like, nope, absolutely not. We're not having any of that. We're just going to stick to our Latin. Like, just, I don't, I don't know. Is that, do, do you think that's just because they were so imperial about it? They were just like, we have a superior way of communicating. And, you know, this is the barbarian. Because obviously, barbarian comes from the disdain they had. Barbaros. Well, they, 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 that was what the sound they thought they made, right? It was the, the fact that all uh, their languages. It, it wasn't sound like... from the Brits, though. It was from a different part. I can't remember which part of the world it was. Um, but they thought that the sound was blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, I mean, when the Romans invaded. Modern English has both Anglo-Saxon and Latin in it, so it has assimilated both languages. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Dan. I've just. Can I just talk about the fact that Dan so, subtly dropped in the conversation earlier, being like, "Oh, I went out last night," and so you know, it was a bit late up. He's just messaged me on Facebook saying, "Christ, I feel like death." <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm really, I'm, I'm really not doing okay, guys. This is, <laughs> this is quite, this is quite severe. Like, Don't oh, we're worry, about- I can take over if you want. Oh, sorry, I had too much to drink last night. I think I'll go and have forty winks. I mean, this is. I mean, I don't need to be here. Yeah, Dan, you, I absolutely you don't can need slap to this be one here. Off. <laughs> like, we're just talking about language acquisition and colonization, and Dan's just there, like, oh, <laughs> I am not in a good way. I'm literally sitting in the corner of like a very cold, dark living room, just kind of hunched over my my laptop, being like, oh god, mate, I'm in oh a dressing god. gown and I've got a blanket on my knees. You need to be more oh, of a nice. granny. Nice. Well, see, I was, I was quite kind of. I was, I was, I was all kind of wrapped up, um, snug as a bug in the proverbial rug on the uh, on the sofa watching this documentary, and then <laughs> I just went on to kind of like all cylinders firing when Simon messaged me, being like, "Yeah, we're recording now. Come whenever you like." I'm like, "Oh God, what have I done? <laughs> I've timed this all wrong." And there's a thing later that you need no, to get to as well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, there is. So there's a special because it's for, for Easter Sunday. There was I was meant to be going to Matins this morning. Good Ooh. job I didn't go to that, otherwise I just wouldn't have been able to record at all. Um, but there was some great music, and then there's a really, there's quite a spectacular even song, "How St Paul's" is the Canticles. So oh, uh, very nice indeed. I don't know yeah. why, but the word mm-hmm. "Canticles" sounds like a mixture of cankles and testicles. Yeah, <laughs> that's my that's my contribution canticles. to this discussion. That's great. That's that's that's, that's great. Well, you, you're a musician yourself, Sally. After all, like you, I am, but I just don't like. Clarinet and piano, yeah, but I yeah. just don't really like um, church choral music, which is a shame because I sang it for pretty much all of school. That's mm. all for this week's episode. Be sure to send in your stuff to spongyelectric.gmail.com. <laughs> uh, I'm I, all about modern pop. It's all about modern pop. When you say pop, and romantic like... orchestral music. So, so give. I mean stuff in the chart, Simon. Oh. Uh, okay, never mind. That's I was like. I there's we're... a new Eminem and Ed Sheeran 
duet, which is really odd because you're listening to it and you're thinking, hmm, this is an Eminem song I don't remember from the 90s. And then Ed Sheeran starts singing like, that guy sounds awfully like Ed Sheeran, but why the hell would the two collaborate together? And then Eminem starts rapping Meanwhile, about like, being to nice to women and just like, guilting them into sleeping with him. Sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it just I me that finds Ed... word of that. Is it just me that finds Ed Sheeran's songs like, it's basically like guilting women into like into sleeping with like not necessarily sleeping with but it's just a bit like um you know oh i'm in so much emotional pain please please be nice to me and be my girlfriend kind of kind of vibe no simon that's just called being nice it can as 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 the sentiment goes i think he does sometimes fall into the trap of sounding a little labored oh there's a robin on the phone oh that's nice Um, yeah this podcast is a goddamn mess Oh. Oh, bye-bye, Hang on, let me see off. what's on my bird feeder. See if I got the goldfinches there. Oh no, nothing's on the bird feeder. That's a shame. I'll, I'll have a look out my window. Hang on. I... Please write in to spongyandelectric at gmail.com no, and spongy tell us electric. what bird you have. Pardon? <laughs> spongy electric. Spongy electric. We had this problem. Please we fell into this trap for like the first three spongy episodes. Spongyandelectric at gmail.com and tell us what birds you have outside your window right now. I just have a thing of primroses outside my window. We, I, I can't see any birds. There's there's a lovely stone hippo that I can see, but yeah. I I, wow. yeah, mum mum really likes hippos. I don't think I've ever talked to you about this, but she really bloody loves hippos. I think she feels a kindred spirit Fair in their enough. body image. Um, and just like we have, there's loads of of hippos all over the house. Wow, mm. I love it. Yeah, it is nice, isn't it? Um, so Sally, I realised that we we didn't actually introduce you. Uh. Like I have been mentioned on the majority of podcasts to this point. <laughs> Probably. so Because we... I do listen along in the lab. And I'm like, hey, I got my name mentioned again. Hey, I'm in there again. It's kind of like a, a bingo score sheet of, are they mentioning me? And is Simon being really insulting towards me? Then I'll take it off and give myself a gold star. Yep, that sounds about right. I mean, so other than us introducing you, who who are you and why are you on our podcast? <laughs> I don't know why I'm on the podcast. Um, well, I, actually, I'm on the podcast because Dan's forehead and Simon's beard petitioned for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I am Sally LePage. I am a biologist finishing my PhD at the University of Oxford. Uh, Simon and I were at Oxford together, although we never actually met during the three no, years that once. we overlapped at did Oxford. I, did I ever tell you the first time I saw one of your videos? Because it wasn't online. The first time I was ever aware of you was at an awards ceremony. Uh, that you weren't. Oh at. yeah, I remember that. Uh, it was when because I got I got an Ox Talent Award for the I think it was for the St Peter's YouTube channel. So I, yeah. I made this whole YouTube channel, and you were given this award I think for your thing on evolution. But they like never a... told me that I got an award. Oh, did they not? Okay. No, they invited me to the ceremony, and I was busy that day, so I was like, oh, I won't turn up. And then I never heard about it ever again. And then I remember you telling me that, oh yeah, they presented you with an award. I'm like, oh, I probably should have but, turned up then. But the first time I saw you was this you jumping out of various things, like out of a shed and going, evolution. Evolution. And then like, evolution. And I just remember sitting at the back of this room and thinking, this girl, she's f***ing annoying. Like, <laughs> I, I really hope I never have to work with her in the future. Oh, and, no. And and here we are. So, here you know, we are. <laughs> we've both come and up. The rest is history. We've come up quite well out of it. But you you have been yeah. known to make videos. And I got, oh, I got Rick Rolled, Dan. I got oh, Rick Rolled so bad. Oh, you should have been told that. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, Dan, you missed this. This is just before we went on air. Um, What's happened? It was 
I, Simon was obviously just scrolling through my Twitter feed and says, oh my God, you made a video because I haven't been making videos in the last six months because unlike Simon, I try to have a life and not burn out every two months. And Guilty. so although, mm. I, although I do make YouTube videos, I'm not making them at the moment in my last year of the PhD. And uh, so he's like, oh my God, you actually made a video. And I was like, wait, what? Oh yeah, mm-hmm, I made a video. You should definitely click on it. It's really short. And uh, he clicks yeah. on it, and it is everyone's favourite song, Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. No. Which is so well a done. great song. I it was, was like bopping you, along to it this morning. You'd made like a fake thumbnail and everything. I had then- made a fake, fake thumbnail. I'd taken a really old video of, um, it was another GE video where I was playing in a music studio, playing piano, and they'd done amazing backlighting of me at the piano and put like science of music. And uh, yeah, and then he got Rickrolled. I that was my April Fools for this morning. But yeah, so you are you are an online video maker slash presenter, and that's that's yes. how we are. That's how we we knew each other after, despite not knowing each other at Oxford. So that's why Sally is here, mm. and why we're talking about this weird mountain in Wyoming. That that's kind of that's kind of why we're in this situation. Although, as it turns out, um, was it last night? It was this weekend. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, Dan, but the the Discord gen- did their own podcast. Um. I think I saw something about this on Twitter. Yeah, so our, our Wikicast uh, Discord, there's a link to it in the description, in the show notes. I joined Discord just to see what Discord was. I mean, it's basically just a message board, right? It's a messy message board as well. But mm. it's it's just any old, like, it could as well be, I don't know, Instant Messenger or something. Yeah, basically. I mean, I think it's specifically built for gamers. You can, like, assign roles like Tank or DPS or stuff, and, you know, you can you can group people mm. up by that. Um mm. But we, um, we. I went incognito. Only one person recognized who I was. Most impressively, by the fact that the profile picture I used was of (laughs) Scott Moyer, Canadian Olympic athlete who happens to bear more than a passing resemblance to Simon. I look like an Olympian. I'm not complaining. Um, but we, we, fantastic. But But basically, in your words, he has got the better bum. He's got an amazing ass, and you didn't even notice. He's got he such has. a nice bum. I hadn't noticed, but he does. Since Simon pointed out, I have now noticed that he does have an amazing ass. Mm-hmm. There you go. But um, win-win. But the the Discord basically because we didn't release an episode last week because it was just there was too much stuff going on. Um, it was Holy Week, so we couldn't record. It was just too much, and um, they were like, "Well, we'll do our own podcast." Um, and uh, it was interesting to say the least. I sent in a happy little email. <laughs> Uh, basically, nice. basically saying how uh, this is the final stage of my plan is complete because now I generated a podcast which generated an audience and then I started cashing in on the audience and then the genius step was getting the audience to make their own podcast so that I then just skim money out Perfect. of a closed loop of podcast consumption <laughs> and creation yeah. and you know I think I think a lot of people were just like oh my god this is we've been we've been done we've been duped. Um, so you've made so a perpetual content creating machine. Yep, and now I just sit back and reap that sweet Patreon dollar. It's amazing. Nice. The Patreon money is definitely we're we're way in deficit <laughs> as a podcast. I'd like to to emphasize, but we are we are basically donating uh, money to Wikipedia every month. So that's where the wiki that's where a substantial chunk of the Patreon does go to, as well as hosting. So I'm not actually pumping our fans for cash. I'm not pumping our fans for anything, mercifully, because um, I'd probably get in a lot of trouble. I should hope not. Yes. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so, so you know, we've been replaced. The, fa- the fans have replaced us. We've added Sally into the mix because apparently, you know, we were a- out of inspiration. 
um mm-hmm. you know and and you know Sally also just ended up replacing Dan for the first god knows how long of the podcast I mean I frankly would, I yeah. couldn't tell the difference <laughs> I mean, I couldn't. I was very confused. I joined the call. I'm like, wait, did I already join? What's going on? Hang on. Am I really that hungover? What's- <laughs> so shall we... Um, I mean, is there anything more to discuss in this article, Sally? Or shall we take a skip it's over? A, it's, I mean, unless you want to know about the specifics of the television and radio towers or some good walks and hikes around the area and access to the area... Um, and whether or not the roads are paved, I don't think there's much more to chat about. Right. Well, let's take a quick trip over to Sally's favourite corner. It's uh, it's Critics Corner. Ah. Oh. Ooh. Oh, really, 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 really. So, Sally. Right, why... right, 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 right. right. <laughs> that's what they sound like in that one shot i will have to find that clip and put it in the episode now because i maintain there is one shot where that's what tie fighters sound like so why why sally do you hate critics corner so much i don't like critics corner because it's just the two of you talking about things that 99 percent of the time i haven't and i'm not going to read slash see slash listen to and it's like yeah i i really don't care you know <laughs> don't hold back so i normally listen to the podcast um when i'm in the lab and i'm counting or weighing dead frozen flies which is what i research and uh no, just do it for fun, so i'm already doing a really monotonous tedious task and so i put the podcast on so i like oh what are they talking about this time and to listen to whether my name has been mentioned because of the narcissist that i am yeah. and uh and then some even despite the fact that i'm weighing flies and finding it really boring i find critics corner sometimes even more boring still so how about then this critics corner what's your favorite way of of weighing flies is there is there a particular favorite oh my god instance we bought a new microbalance for the lab and it's friggin amazing just to be it's absolutely so clear cool just to be absolutely you thought we were boring yeah, I was going to say, you haven't. this tangent's gone all wrong. It's really boring. Let's let's spice up the conversation with talking about scales and dead flies. Yeah. It's perfect. Sally it's knows how to revitalise a, a podcast. It's got a hand sensor so that the door oh! of the balance opens with the hand Sorry. sensor and then you press a button on it and it types it into my computer for me. For you? Wow. wow. Yeah. It's the future. That's amazing. I mean, this thing costs like 20 grand. Just to weigh flies. What? What's it made of? It's really of? quite high tech. What's like? Is it made of solid gold? No, but it can weigh down to five decimal places after the milligram. I think. Okay, so why is it necessary to have that level of precision? Because I'm weighing tiny things. So let's 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 go up a level then. Why are you bothering to weigh tiny things? Like, because what's the point? I want to measure their fitness. Okay, let's go up another level. Why Why do we care about the fitness of, of dead flies? Uh, because I want to see if they respond to relatedness. I would go up another level, but I actually just don't care. Dan, what have you been watching um, recently? Well, I watched this really great documentary about weighing dead flies. Um, and the thing... No, what have I been watching? Well, I... I... I've rewatched um, The Road to El Dorado. Oh, for the... the That's the Disney time. film with a camel. Yeah, it's... 
Wait, it's hang on. Awesome. Does it have a camel? It's so good. I think the more shocking thing is this Disney film that I've actually seen. Yeah, well, I mean, this is, I mean, it's just something that you've seen. Yeah, and the thing. Um, and it's, it's not. Okay, I'd like to point out, seeing as this is Critics Corner, that Simon will often say that I have objectively bad taste in films. You just do. Mm. <laughs> just do. This is someone with a PhD who believes that taste is objective. Oh, I totally get the taste is subjective, but I have never come across someone with so a, a bism- such abysmal taste as you. <laughs> but, if, 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 but because it's a, there's no such thing as bad taste, it's different. I will totally accept that the two of us have completely polar opposite tastes, but I will not sit here and <laughs> let you say that mine is worse. They are different. But you like, okay, well, well, give me give me some of your top favourite films then, Sally. Just like, for the class, what are the top five films? Not just not just your favourites, your top favourites. Yes, your top favourites. My top favourites. Okay, top I'm favorites. thinking of the ones that come to mind, okay? So, Spotlight. Okay, fair. Good that job. is an amazing film. Eddie the Eagle. Okay, and now... Okay, now we're yeah, going south. Yeah. Have you seen yeah. it, though? I have, yes. Is it not such a happy, uplifting film with an amazing soundtrack? It is, but if you're talking about your favourite films, you can't like kick the ball rolling with Spotlight and immediately go like, yes, brilliant, important film, really well made. I don't poignant. care if it's important but, or well made. I care about how it makes me feel when I watch it. And 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 Spotlight and Eddie the Eagle are the two that... <laughs> well, I want a bit of balance. I don't just want depressing stories about the Catholic Church um, paedophilia scandal. I Sometimes. do also want a nice light-hearted story about a guy that manages to make it into the Winter Olympics. It's got Hugh I'm, Jackman. I'm totally the same. I'll For me, it would be like it would be like Legally Blonde and Schindler's List. I'm not you know, just inseparable. <laughs> Music is good though. Uh, what other films did I say? Oh, I did watch Moulin Rouge recently. That is a bloody good film. Um, nice. yeah, Imagine okay. Me and You is the best of the gay genre, but that's really not saying much. But it is a good rom com. I will give it that. I do love a good rom com. Uh, Sally, have you seen Blue Is the Warmest Color? Yes, it's. Yeah, it is. Oh, um, you think so too? Much. Moving on. Because every all the other criticism I've heard has been very positive for that film. Blue is the warmest colour. Yeah. Mm. It's just shit. It's so bad. Mm. It's not very good. All right. I mean, I haven't seen it, so I, that, that, that um, that's interesting that you both agree. So yeah, my three films apparently of today are... Uh, I keep thinking it's not Contagion. A Spotlight, Eddie Eagle and Moulin Rouge. I think that gives you a good... I like dramas based around people and I think the people and the characters are the most important thing. I don't care if it looks good if there isn't a good enough story and good enough characters. Yeah, so that, that's fair. Spotlight is a film that takes that to the extreme. Like it, It's almost like it's trying to be as boring as possible whilst focusing entirely on very small character changes. Your Ed of the Eagle, which is a pure feel good character film um switch your brain off watching kind of thing it, yeah it's it just makes you feel really happy um mm. and then moulin rouge is a musical so what's not to love and i know that your well, favorite your favorite disney film is the hunchback at notre dame is that right yes which is fair and I, I, once, I agree with you because i have been catching up on disney films because i didn't watch any as a kid so what, what what other Disney films have you seen? I mean, list them. And basically, if it's a classically animated film before Road to El Dorado, I won't have seen it except possibly in the last two or three years when I'm trying to catch up. But I mean, you can list them if you want. I can say whether or not I've seen it. So like Lion King? Seen, but only when I was 15. Okay. We can alternate this, Dan. Do you want to plumb the depths here? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Um, ooh, have you seen... Um, Treasure Planet. No. Oh, oh for uh, sake. 
actually I might have seen that when that came out at the cinemas it's because that's so, one of the more recent ones yeah it's so underrated it's fantastic it's oh. also got a bloody brilliant um, film score I don't remember anything about it oh you have to rewatch it it's it'll it's it's fantastic uh, what um, about what I re- yeah so I was I've, I've watched a few recently actually because it was Elder Road to El Dorado which is kind of like Ed and I it's our go-to kind of we're having a bit of a lazy evening. Let's just stick it on, and because we can basically recite that film. Oh my god! Um, I can't believe that is your go-to film. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just it's just easy watching, and yeah. we know it so well. Because it's, Dan and Ed kind of... are the but two main characters. It's just such an obscure film to know so well. It's not one of the big ones. No. Mm. Unlike Eddie the Eagle. Unlike <laughs> Eddie the Eagle, which is a classic. Have you seen like The Matrix, Sally? I've seen definitely number one multiple times. I think I might have tried to sit through two and three, but got so bored that I don't oh, remember they're, they're anything about Oh, they're not good. But did you think that one was a good film? I watched one very soon after it came out, which was when I was quite young. And I remember being terrified of the bit where he goes through the pink goo. Um, I haven't watched it in a long time, though. Okay. I wouldn't say it's a bad film, but I think I was just too young to really enjoy it's it. What, one of the greatest films of all time, never mind. Uh, but you've, you've seen The Lord of the Rings? No. Oh, oh my God. I've seen possibly the first one, or maybe half of the first one. My sister is the biggest Lord of the Rings fan ever, and they came out when she was the right age for them. And I think she basically, either I didn't watch TV or I had to watch Lord of the Rings because she togged the TV. And yeah, so I didn't enjoy it and I've definitely not seen two or three. Uh, oh Harry Potter? Yes. What do you think of Harry Although Potter? Although I don't think I've actually seen the very last Harry Potter. The number seven part two. Right. Wow. Have you read the books? Yeah. Oh, okay, right. So, you know, you're not just like, I wonder how that Harry kid got on in the end, you know? Like... Well, no, because I was, yeah, we were the age where the books came out and you would queue up at the bookshop to get yeah. them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, so I mean, in fairness, since the time I've known you, you have been making efforts to improve yourself via film and actually watch a few things. Because when I first met you, you hadn't seen anything as far as i could tell no i hadn't seen any films that you valued i'm sure there are plenty of films that i have seen that you haven't yeah well i mean for example like you you gave a critique of gay rom-coms um to me the other day and i was like i haven't seen any of these this is how you feel like talking to me yeah because gay rom so i have a thing on twitter called happy lesbian films which is trying to find a happy lesbian film and so far failing um because all lesbian films have Either um, one of them is cheating on a boyfriend, husband, or partner. No, it's always male. Um, There's a big coming out story. Oh my God, am I gay? How is my family going to react? Um, There isn't a happy ending. And one of them dies at the end. Those are the tropes of lesbian films. Um, So trying to find a lesbian film where neither is cheating. They're happy about their sexuality. Um, Mm. They don't have a big coming out story. They get a happy ending and no one dies i have yet to find one and i have been searching through literally hundreds of films well if anyone would like to recommend Gosh. one for sally send us an email at spongyelectric.gmail.com and then there is sally one will have to listen to the next episode promising which is yeah there's one about some vampires which is an indie tv show that's been made into a film that i haven't watched yet that looks like the only one there you go. I recently watched Pride. Mm. Not really no, a rom com. But that was quite anymore. nice. I can't pleasant hear kind of, you know. It's a BBC I'm film. It's still recording. Yeah. It's still very recording. much a BBC film. 
But I will tell you something that I have seen that I am super excited about. It's called Black Sails. Have either of you seen it? No. It's a TV show that was in America, I think, 2014 to 2017. There are four series. And it's about pirates. And it's so good. I have literally binge watched all of it in the last three weeks. I have only three episodes to go. Episodes are an hour long. And it's supposedly like really gritty and realistic. So although it's about pirates, it's focusing arguably more on like taxes and the finances and the PR of being a pirate captain. And then also like selling secrets and running a brothel and how to be a woman with power in a um 1700s ish world um and it's so good and there's a load of lesbian sex in it which is quite fun um (gasps) i'm back (laughs) i'm back sorry my internet died Uh, (laughs) of course we're just talking about literally as soon as we mention lesbian sex you literally exclaim i'm back (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I completely missed. I was just like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Sorry, I just thought I'd announce myself. Just, uh, I didn't realize that was so perfectly timed. You'll listen to this back, and you'll realize how perfect your timing was. Yeah, that was amazing. Okay, jolly good. What did I miss then, apart from lesbian sex? Um, it's, yeah, it's a pirate a really cool TV film. series on Amazon Prime called Black Sails, which yeah. is really oh, about the. That day to day of being a pirate and it happens to feature a lot of lesbian sex i mean i'm in that's that sounds fun it okay. is it's really good i still need to watch um on amazon uh, the man in the high castle which i know i've not seen that fan of. oh oh it's so good my goodness i i, I watched both series in the space of about three days in the holidays and it was just it's fantastic it was it was one of those times where simon would simon would come home and I'd be like, oh, I'm just starting to watch this thing. It's really quite good. Then you'd, you'd get up the next morning, come downstairs. I'd still be downstairs, like huddled in the oh, corner gosh. on the sofa being like, it's so good. Oh, I can't gosh. stop. You it's do fantastic. develop quite obsessive behaviours when it comes to, to watching stuff. To watch it, yeah. So I Mad do that Men, as well. I've nearly, I've nearly finished all of Mad Men. And that's like... That is a lot ten, of Mad Men. Ten episodes a season in the seven or eight seasons. Yeah. God, that's there's so more than ten. Or, it's like Congress. I think there's like 20 in a season, isn't there? For Mad for Men. Ma- I think you might be. Yeah, I think you might be right. It's, an, just, it's a proper th- American style thing. Yeah, the thing too is that it's so in, in in the kind of when you really think about it, in the broad scope of things, because it's all it's you know it's set, the drama around the world of world of advertising and and kind of men in the fifties, early sixties, where they're just kind of sleeping around and drinking, and really as as far as kind of what actually happens, there's little to no drama at all. But you get so caught up in these little this like this microcosm of of, of just tiny insignificant stuff that you'll be like oh a really major companies just might be leaving um leaving the corporation and it's mm-hmm. like bomb has been dropped you're like oh my god no but that's gonna really badly affect sales you know but for some reason you're so obsessed with it yeah it's very do you good. ever find though that you watch it for so long that you kind of reach saturation point and you just have to walk away and then sometimes yeah. you don't go back to finish it yes yeah I do so that. there'll be times where i'll be watching it and I'll be like, oh, I need to cook dinner. And normally if I'm really into it, I'll like pause it, cook dinner and then come back. But I'll just have it on in the background and be like, I kind of get what's going on at the moment. But I also I'm not so invested that I, I care if I miss a scene. Mm-hmm. You come back and he's sleeping with someone else and you're like, oh, well, you go. Classic Don Draper. Oh, right yeah. I do also appreciate how we have been talking a long time in Critics Corner. As, yes. As Thank you very much. I was waiting for you to notice. Favorite section. Yeah. 
Yep, we finally. It's like God, I hate it when they start talking ages about Critics Corner. She says going off on one. But it's fun to talk about things that you like, you know. Yeah, but it's really <laughs> indulgent to then expect people to listen to it. Certainly, with a with a podcast, it's easier to talk about things that you like than things that you don't like. Yeah. So, Sally, uh, let's talk about you for a bit. Um, uh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> Didn't. Um, I actually, before we leave Critics Corner, I want to give a shout out to there's two new creators that I found, um, mm. very very different on YouTube. One is a guy called Flammable Maths. Um, who does maths? What I call math mathematics, because he does like basically. That was so uh, contrived. Wow. No, it's it's something Shocking. that um that's in the comments on his, and it makes sense like visually. Um, basically, he does uh, complicate integrals and things like that, but like in a very clear way. But he also um he's just a dupe with a chalkboard, but he, he talks as if they're memes so instead of talking like about an infinite series you'd be like so we've got this infinite boy here and it's quite a spicy meme so we need to simplify that um and he's not got very many subscribers but i was like yes that's a format that's really good so flammable maths i watched one video and i immediately supported him on patreon and i'm subscribed you should check him out um for mathematicians that are listening and if we're doing um, educational channels i have one yeah go ahead uh so mine is Haley loren who is an engineer Ah, yes who has yeah. been making kind of chatty engineering videos. So if you like vlogs and you like people just kind of casually talking to you as they go about your business, their business, your business, as they go about their business, their business and uh, <laughs> or maybe they're doing your business, I don't know. Um, and they're just kind of, it's just nice to put on in the background, but she is a professional engineer and is often talking about engineering. Um, and so her thing, her Twitter is the Hayley Loren. Um, and yeah, she's just Hayley Loren, L-O-R-E-N. And uh, yeah, and she's ginger. So mo- what more could you possibly want? Oh, all the wow. best people are ginger. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Um, but uh, so actually on a similar vein, the other one that I was going to recommend and I got completely obsessed with um, is uh, a what you could think of as like a classic YouTube video essay channel, um, like Every Frame of Painting kind of thing but much longer form. Um, and it's the first time I've seen one of these channels that's uh, by a female creator. Um, I know exactly the- which video you're talking about, and it's bloody brilliant. This is the Hobbit one you're thinking of. Yes. Yeah, yeah th- this is by um, a creator called Lindsay Ellis. I'll, I'll leave a link in the show notes to all of these things. Um, but she's. I've watched uh, one, two, three, four, five or six of her nearly hour-long reviews of films um on and they're like really really good analysis of for example the, the one that dan's talking about is the hobbit uh mm. and about why it's terrible compared to the lord of the rings but she's also done one on mel brooks and why it's okay to, to do springtime for hitler um and how that is a powerful crit- you know way of putting nazis down but something like american history x isn't um, and that can be enabled you know that can be used by the alt-right but she's also done one on the hunchback of notre dame she's done one on bright because you watched bright didn't you and you hated it i did i was really quite disappointed by it um you should watch her video on it because as soon as i watched it, i was like how did anyone not think of this whilst yeah. like would not think this is a bad idea um yeah. but yeah those those are two creators I've, I've recently got really into so i just thought i'd give them a, a happy little shout out nice nice anything you'd like to add to that down or should we take a hop skip and a jump over to the next corner um as far as things to add, I, I need to, I need, need, I can't emphasize enough. People need to watch this wild, wild country documentary mm. on Netflix. It's so, it's so cool. It really, really is it's so well made. It's the amount of time that it must have taken them to gather all this information 
I have no idea. It's just it's a it's a kind of masterpiece of a documentary. It's really really good. Yeah. Oh, and um, Jezualdo Six new album came out two days ago. Oh, the recordings awesome. on YouTube at the moment are so good. Yeah, they're amazing. Oh, sorry, Sally. We're back on choral music, but Jesus and don't wept. worry. I'm just browsing the Discord now. <laughs> I'm oh, just... don't avert your eyes. <laughs> you know it's you know it's really bad when I'm. Uh, we've all kind of established that I'm not in a great place right now. Sally just spoke and I forgot she was here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's it. Wait, what was it? I genuinely thought it was just us talking like we I'm normally do. in your brain, Dan. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, I properly jumped. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus oh God, Sally's here. <laughs> yeah. I too oh just God, sometimes wake up in a cold sweat. I'm like, yeah. oh, Sally. <laughs> I just creep out from around the corner in Bristol. It's like, hello, Simon. Hello. <laughs> Do you want to learn about dropsophilia? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Isn't that isn't that what your flies are called? Dropsophilia. Dropsophilia. Yeah, isn't that it? Drosophila. Oh, uh, whatever. I don't know. I'm not a biologist. Drosos An attempt as was the made. Greek for Jew and phila as the Greek for loving. Jew loving flies. Oh, D E W. D E W. Yeah. Right. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. And melanogaster with no drosophila, yeah. not philia, philla. Oh, so drosophila. Yeah, the emphasis. Yeah, there we go. And then melanogaster, melano, dark gaster belly. They've got black bellies. No one flies like gaster. No one sighs like gaster. <laughs> have you have you done that one before, Sally? Is that a new thing? No, so normally, because um, we have loads of different mutants that we use to screen our flies, and one of them is brown eyes, and then you've got, you're my brown-eyed fly, and then you just start going off into that one. Or, um, this is a shout-out to my eggs, which is a Little Mix song, uh, when you're doing egg counts. Uh, there's uh, so many. I'm just surprised that Gaston hasn't, like, appeared there. No. <laughs> like, that just feels like a natural one. I can be brown, I can be blue, I can be frozen, dead flies. That could, that could work as well. Oh, I like oh, that. Yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> of course, Music like, there, is are a pl- thing. there are plenty of songs with just fly in the title if we're feeling like Dan is this morning, like, someday I'll fly <laughs> <Yeah>. away. <laughs> That's a mistake. That's a pro tip for people in a relationship. Don't grab your partner's uh, saddlebags and then wave them around while singing One Day I'll Fly Away. It didn't... <laughs> Uh, that one wasn't. It wasn't with Pixel Girl. That was a previous relationship. But oh boy, that was. Wait, a bad you idea actually did that? Yes, I actually did. That's not really a pro tip, is it? Because I think any other normal functioning human would would know that that's not a good thing to do. Have you it's seen the Discord, your, Dan? Brain, Our fans like... are not normal functioning human beings. Jesus. Like, yeah, don't do that, kids. That was that was a that was a bad call on my part. Pixel Girl is happy, I'm told. <laughs> In our relationship. <laughs> And it comes to that time once again where we must say a massive thank you to our Patreon uh, supporters. Um, your support means so much. Uh, we also need to check the uh, the uh, the tally between uh, Team Cat and Team Dog. I haven't. I, I'm not up to date. Um, but yeah, guys, as as we say each each episode, it's so important, and, and so we're so grateful um, for everything that you do. It means that you know the, the podcast is now totally self sufficient and. And thriving, you know, we've still got, we're still waiting on news for merchandise and things. Mm, um, soon. But it's very, very exciting times. So thank you and, so much. And Dan appreciates you so much that he's now, he, wait, where are you going, Dan? I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going to go yeah. and have a shower and then leg it to the cathedral. I do love <laughs> that we appreciate you so much. And now yeah. I'm off. And yeah, yeah. It's really, really great. Shirking soon. my duties. 
terrible. But yes, I've I've got to, I've got to leg it because I've uh, I've massively <laughs> it today. Um, so wish me luck, basically. Very good. Okay, right. Well, nice nice of you to join us for our, our podcast, Dan. Yeah, um, guys, thanks for having me. Um, it's been really nice. In fact, can uh, someone just... All you have to do to change me into Dan is just remove the glasses and turn the hair ginger. So I think we should it. just change the Wikicast logo for this episode. For this one episode. <laughs> yeah. Because in yeah. terms of hairstyles, the hair shape is pretty similar. Yeah, pretty spot I think on. I can do that. <laughs> Okay, right. Well, you go off, Dan, and Sam, Sam yes. and I will say thank you to our lovely Patreons. Yes. It was lovely to see you. Bye. It's a podcast. Bye. I haven't seen you. <laughs> I can see you on the... I saw you on the webcam for a little bit. Uh, all right, you little pernickety bit. Yeah, little okay, pernickety right. bit. Okay, <laughs> right. I'll see you next week. Bye. Oh, thank f- He's gone. Okay, God. so... Um, Could you hear those out. voices, or was that just in my head? Every now and again, I get this really annoying high-pitched whine. It's like kind of Australian in my ears. I just oh, I no, mine's more it. formal British. Ah, uh, well, it's, it's yours a lower-pitched whine. Mine's more of a kind of like, oh yeah, I'm here and uh, I've got this Wild West thing that I think everyone needs to watch. Is, is, is that David Attenborough recommending series on Netflix? It does sound like that, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, as Dan was saying, uh, thank you very much to our supporters on Patreon. You know, he does really actually appreciate it, even if, you know, he's not around to, to say it. Uh, normally, we would like to do a, a stage play. Sally, are you, are you a fond of amateur dramatics at all? I love amateur dramatics. This is the bit that I usually skip, to be perfectly honest with you. Okay, so what can we do as you, as a sceptic listener who hates Wiki- uh, Critics Corner, uh, but still talked about what she liked for half an hour, um, and, you know, it doesn't like Patreon Corner, what can we do to make this interesting? Do it quickly as a speed wrap. I think it's the speed thing. And also, I'm not keen on the concept of lads either. No matter how much people say that it's a good lad and trying to change the concept, it's it's not. It's still lad. Um, but... I see that you have done it, so I won't ask you to change that. But yeah, no, just I, I do think it's a reasonable viewpoint to have. I, I do completely understand where you're coming from um, because I mean, I am I am all for the team dog versus team cat because I am very firmly team dog, and that is the opposite are. to Simon, which means I'm more happy about that. And if, I haven't checked, but I think am I right in saying that team dog is currently winning? You know what? This is a perfect opportunity to check the uh, ongoing dispute. Uh, this is my yes. favourite bit of the Patreon corner. So, uh, at, the, at the current stage, at the time of recording, Team Cat have 26 patrons. Team Dog have 27 patrons. Yes! Oh! Victory! Suck a dick, Team Cat, to quote Dan. Uh, I mean, this is shameful. I mean, uh, do you, honestly, look at the two of us. It's a podcast, so you can't. Listen to the two of us, of Sally and I. And which of the two of us would you rather put your support in? Team Dog? Sally? Uh, she rickrolled me this morning. Would you trust this woman with a dollar a month? I mean, would you trust someone who still doesn't know what the rickroll URL looks like and is still capable of being rickrolled? It was right half a URL. It was a fake thumbnail and it was half a URL. It was cut off. So would you prefer someone who is capable of tricking a um, graduate, not a, a PhD in astrometric physics, are you going to say? I'm not the one with a PhD so, in astrometric I'm so physics. To, I'm so used to my friends being astrophysicists that to say atmospheric physics. So would you rather someone who is capable of deceiving an atmospheric physics PhD owner 
or would you rather go with the person who falls for it? Or would you rather trust the person who actually has a PhD? Oh, that's... Oh! <laughs> You'll get that one it day, hurts. Sorry, It fine. hurts so much. It's like, <laughs> I've been stabbed. Oh, the pain. I make that joke to you so frequently, I bet it hurts. Um, so... You know, we it's like of the two of us, which one of you are you really going to support with just a dollar a month uh, to to keep this podcast going? So, Team Cat, come on, just just get behind, get behind. Just it, think you know? of the Cavalier King Charles Spaniels and think of their beautiful eyes and their soft floppy ears and how they want nothing better than to just stick their little head on top of your lap as you're watching telly and just snuggle up next to you and just be. Just be close and touching each other just so that you have that connection. And blindly give affection despite the fact that you probably haven't earned it. Or would you like a cat that friggin' buggers off unless you're holding food? Or if the cat actually likes you because their affection means something, damn it. This is this is this is a, a debate that has, has long been simmering under the surface in the podcast, but gosh darn it, it's it's just not good enough that Team Cat are behind. I yes. We need to we need to turn this around, Team Cat. Speed wrap, yeah. I could give this a go. It won't be a speed wrap. It's going to be a bit more Dan-like than that. So these are the, these are our thirty patrons, uh, our top our top lads, are the people who. In fact, who give do you want to time how quickly you can say them? Well, I'm not going for speed so much as style with this one. Oh, we'll, okay. We'll see what I mean. And there's the last the last name is going to be the particularly difficult one. But these are these are the people who um are, are donating five dollars a month to keep the podcast going. We really appreciate it. And they are. There's Richard Funk and Henry Brewster, Lewis Watson, Eric Davis, Billy Tilson, Elliot Conway, Ben Mc. That was actually going quite well. It was. Ben McMurtry, David Cahill, the Mustache Man, Habiba. I'm sorry, Habiba. Habiba, Amjad, Dan Hanvey, Connor Levers, Lachlan Woods, and John Mannion, Nicholas, Luke Thatcher, Simon Torseth, Alex Greer, Jordi Eschendal. Oz Caulfield, Mac McGuire, Emmy, Emma Kavanagh, Jake Wright, Angela, and also Kieran Kelly and Wonderful Stephen. There's Tapio Kirken and Davy Shramvontabel and Simon Vason, Azaguna, Nagapansa. Oh, oh, the last name. So it's good, so good. Keep going, name. keep going. It was the last name. And, um, and Azugu Nagapan, Naga Saravananan. Na- Saravanan. That's, a, that's as close as you're going to get to Gilbert and Sullivan. That's probably the closest you're going to get to actual music this episode. I think that was my favourite um, Patreon corner. Okay, thank you. I'm glad somebody liked it. Uh, but yeah, as I say, it's Gilbert and Sullivan, so it's not real music. But um, that's the closest you're going to get to it this episode. Of course, the real music this episode comes from Tapio, who does our jingles. Top lad! Right, um, so I will... Um, I'll, I'll get into the, oh, bloody hell sorry that's my water alright okay so uh, let's get to Crisis Corner bloody hell Harry bloody hell Harry I'm not a wizard at all for some reason I'm one of the Beatles um okay so we're at Critics Corner sorry no we're not we're in Crisis Corner I'm in crisis <laughs> uh, and you know you know who else is in crisis is our dear reader Anonymous now this is your favourite corner of the podcast isn't this it this is Harry? my I do love Crisis Corner I wish the podcast was like 
other chat and 90% crisis corner. Well, if you, if you, dear reader, listening to this, uh, have a crisis and you'd like to realise Sally's dream, do send us uh, an email at spongyelectric.gmail.com with the uh, crisis corner in the subject line. Particularly um, and- if it's something that neither Dan nor Simon have any experience of. That's always fun to listen to. Yeah, like if you ask us about our experiences being single working mums, for example, yeah, um, I, I have no doubt that we will we will give great advice uh, on that topic. But the topic today is something a little bit more relevant to the two of us, actually. Uh, so anonymous writes, dear Simon and Dan, I'm a first year aerospace engineering student. I'm really Ooh. enjoying the course, but struggling with the difficulty. I know I can handle the difficulty if I put in the work. I had some good test results earlier this year, but I'm struggling to get myself to actually do the work. I tend to get distracted quickly and I have some trouble concentrating for long periods of time. I'm really scared of failing courses as they have pretty significant consequences of being able to continue my studies. Failing too many means you get thrown out. Thrown out. She put in brackets. I know that I have to study a lot. I just keep procrastinating, which is driving me crazy. I started tracking my time recently and only spent 40 hours on my studies in the past two weeks combined, including lectures. I'm sure you can imagine that isn't doing great things to my mental health well-being either. I'd love to hear your advice, especially in terms of meeting high bars. Love the podcast. Thank you for all the work you do. Hashtag team doc. Yay! Well, thank you, Anonymous, for putting a little sting in the tail there. Um, so uh, we we are we both went to a very intense university that requires. I'm still a lot at of work. very you intense still at university that requires a lot of work. Oh my um, god, I I feel like we are chalk and cheese when it comes to this topic because you very much put in the hours and I very much don't. And I I don't, feel like I don't do so not, much at the moment. No, know, but like during your PhD, time. I mean, to be honest, you've earned the slack time. I am always asking you how I should get working because I don't. Firstly, I'm going to say this. 20 hours a week as an undergraduate really isn't that bad. Because if you think full time is 40 hours a week, I don't think you should need to work full time during your undergraduate degree. Um, so I think the first step is to stop beating yourself up about the lack of work you've done because you can't change that it's in the past yeah and i think also there's um well there's two kind of forks to go down there one of which is it's a very dangerous thing to view a lack of work as um you, you, you know you can view it as ho- helpless it's like well i didn't i barely worked last week so like i now have twice as much work to do this week so there's no point like it, it's it's a cumulative thing that builds up um, and I feel like a lot of that is to do with your mental attitude. It's like, as Sally says, don't get too hung up on the stuff in the past. You, c- you can't change it. Mm-hmm. You can change what you're doing in the future. I think and the also, more... I, th- I think Sorry, don't on. expect yourself to change overnight. So like when I'm going through down periods, um, like for example, if my depression flares up, I will have periods where I just can't mentally face working. If I've had a week of that, the next week I'm not going to do a 40-hour week. Um, because it's going from nothing to a hundred all in one go. Whereas yeah. I might go in and say, you know what? If I can get two hours work done today, that's two hours more than I got done yesterday. And it's really just, it's it's much better that you say, hey, I did get two hours done rather than thinking two hours isn't worth anything, so I won't bother. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's, uh, 
I don't think I've actually talked about this properly before because the, the, the other thought I wanted, which is related to, to what you were just saying, uh, the other thought I wanted to go down is that it's very, very dangerous to almost build your self-worth, which is reading your email. Um, Anonymous is, sort of seems to be saying uh, that it's not good enough. I'm not good enough because I'm not working enough, um, because I'm procrastinating. Um, that's a very, very dangerous thing to go down because that's that was the, the path that I went way, way too deep down in my fourth year at Oxford. Um, because, but when I was at a very, very, uh, low point in my fourth year, uh, and I'd basically had a breakdown, I was self-harming, not because, um, I wanted to feel something, uh, but I was, I self-harmed because I hated myself so much because I wasn't working hard enough and I wasn't doing well enough. And I feel like if you if you kind of have this attitude of like, I'm not working enough, I need to keep working more. And even if you do do 40 hours a week, you'll still think, yeah, but what if I did 50 or 60 hours a week and you keep pushing it? Um, it's it's a very, very dangerous thing because you will almost certainly never be good enough and you don't want to fall down the trap of of hating yourself because you're not, in your eyes, doing enough. So it's it's it's, you know, your attitude towards the work is possibly the more important thing to change here rather than necessarily your studying habits, I think it'd be fair to say. Did the reader also write that they think they can do it, they just aren't doing it? Um, so, I know I can handle the difficulty if I put in the work. Uh, they had mm -hmm. some good test results. Um, I'm just They are just struggling to get themselves to do the work. So they're struggling with distractions and keep procrastinating, basically. I mean, it's tough because unless you're at somewhere like Oxford or Cambridge where you have weekly tutorials, so you have an external deadline put on you at very short intervals. So there's no option. You have to get the work done every week. At other universities, you tend to have like termly or half-termly deadlines. And so mm. it's much easier to put things off for later. Um potentially something that worked well for a lot of my friends during their exams at undergraduate was working together so they'd all go to the cafe at like nine in the morning have a coffee in the cafe and then work there um, this is a college cafe so they're really big desks and they'd all work together and then they could have a break and chat about stuff that wasn't work I mean for me that sounded like hell and I avoided them all because <laughs> studying with other people is not me i cannot stand doing that but it worked really well for them uh, and that way it's like when you have a gym buddy and you're like well i can't not go to the gym at 9 a.m because the other person will be there waiting for me if you've got yeah. someone else that you're letting down then that might help you actually get things done yeah i mean i didn't work with people once i don't think during my entire undergraduate mm -hmm. um I'm a very, uh, I'm, a, I'm an only child and I don't get along with people very well. Um, so like, You'd I, I, I really was, I, yeah, I know, right? Uh, the physics degree wasn't a giveaway at all. Um, but like, I, I really regret not working with a group of other people. Um, and, and to be fair, like in Oxbridge, that was because I didn't necessarily gel that well with the people from my college, but there's a whole university out there. You don't have to work even with people on your course necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I, I feel like in terms of sort of practical advice, have you ever used the um, tomato timer, the Pomodoro technique? Uh, yes, but not with much success. Right. I mean, wh wh why do you think it didn't work for you? 
I don't know. I think partly it's getting into it. And then once, so for example, if I'm writing, once I'm getting into it, the concept of stopping every 25 minutes breaks up the flow and just doesn't make any sense. Um, And Mm. also I really struggle getting back to work after the five minutes off. Um, I think one thing, there's a a German saying apparently that my German friend told me, which translates to appetite comes with eating. Um, which is like, you might think you're not hungry, but once you start eating, you realize how hungry you were. And I find that with writing is that it's just like bringing yourself to write can be the most painful and difficult barrier to get over. But once you're actually in the swing of things, it's not hard to continue. It's very much like an object in motion stays in motion sort of thing. It's it's that Mm. very first step. And so for me, the Pomodoro technique is having to make that first step every half an hour that's fair i mean i feel like it's one of these things that i think depends on what you're doing as well i think if you're writing it's you are in it for an hour and a half and then you wake up and you're like oh my god what year is it whereas for something like coding for example um you do have that to a certain extent um and stuff like you know solving problems in maths but i find i found the, the tomato timer technique really useful for certain things i do agree with you that like for writing it wasn't as useful um like if, if i'm actually... weighing flies i will weigh flies 10 vials at a time which takes me about half an hour to an hour and then take a break and then do another 10 take a break doing it so in that sense um although that is a very monotonous it's very monotonous which is good in a way because you can completely switch your brain off but also it mm. is really quite dull so you do have to literally just put in the hours yeah I mean, it's there. Are, I, I feel like a lot of um, a lot of the time you get like study advice, right? And it's kind of blanket. It's like mm-hmm. if you need to work in an abstract way, do this. And exactly as you say, like it does very much depend on what it is you're doing. Um, you know, and both like, of us the, the, have made study advice videos with exactly those kind of blanket statements. Yes, we're not helping. Uh, I mean, I, I, the best the best advice I think on YouTube is uh, comes from Tom Frank, uh, college info geek um he's, he's a really really great guy and he uh he does like his channel's big enough that he can do specific things on like this is how to do this this thing the techniques that work for in this scenario um so i'd recommend him as like kind of practical advice i mean um uh, the anonymous says that they are an aerospace engineering student so that's r- pretty similar to physics um yeah. so i'd recommend um I, i'd give the pomodoro technique a try um i think as well and- talk to your friends see what solutions yes. they've got talk to people in the year above if there are any to see how they manage to get through it and if you have a personal relationship with one of the professors or tutors on your course maybe chat to them about it um i don't know what your university structure is you might have been assigned a particular lecturer that looks after you or maybe there's one on a topic that you particularly enjoy or maybe you're having particular trouble with um mm. and just ask them say I'm having real problems. This is where I'm at. Because maybe they'll say, yeah, you're working fine. And maybe, because it's, it's difficult because it's hard to tell from your email whether you are correct in thinking that you're not working hard enough or whether you're incorrect and you are misjudging the amount of work required. And so having an external perspective might be able to help with that. Yeah, definitely. I, I, there's like, there's the practical level to this question. And then there's also like the step back of saying, let's just, you know, let's look at how you're thinking about work because we're, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're PhDs at the end of the day. You know, we, um, 
we we have attained a pretty high level and so we have had to do a lot of work to do that but you know so take take our advice on studying with a pinch of salt because we're probably going to be a bit more intense like yeah let's fix this problem i feel like we both do have we have that duty to say you know let's just take a step back a second and and be realistic how you're thinking about work if you stress yourself out for long periods of time you will get ill and if you get ill you cannot do work efficiently and so it is much more efficient to actually get sleep look after your health eat vegetables go outside and see your friends and do so in a way that you don't feel ashamed of it. So plan it into your time. Um, Simon was particularly bad at this during his PhD. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting so, for that. Um, yeah, so because of course we've been messaging each other throughout our PhDs because it's very nice actually to have someone else. Shh, Simon, don't listen to this bit. I'm going to be nice about you. Um, All right, and just stick your fingers in your ears. Um so it's really nice to have someone else in the position not only of doing a science PhD having come from a very academically intense background but also one who's then doing a side career of YouTube which has its own specific stresses and so the two of us are often chatting about PhD stresses and a lot of the time Simon's solution would be to work through the night my solution would be to not work at all and so we very much took opposite approaches <laughs> like um, devil and angel on the shoulder here yeah and so neither of them are particularly good Simon would burn out every two months um mm-hmm. get horrendously sick and not be able to work and feel like shit. I would just beat myself up rather like the person in the email for not working and then that would um, put me into a negative spiral where I was less able to do higher complex tasks like um, statistics or writing um, and so then I basically just like oh well, I'm gonna do this lower level stuff like lab work is for me really practical and easy so I'm like well this is something I can do and make progress and then from there build it up um, mm. so try and take a middle road but neither of us I think have actually although we are doing PhDs I don't think either of us have actually found a suitable solution to this problem but this is hard you know it like really studying is, is not easy um it so, be, so be, is. be kind to yourself if you are struggling like it's fine to, to struggle i think if if anybody could come into your course and just like waltz through and find the work easy the course wouldn't be worth very much really. but there will like, be some people that do that and do not compare yourself against them but also even some. in that case because i i had this conversation with my tutor actually um about people like that and he was saying i can guarantee you that anybody that comes in and just seems to do stuff effortlessly they are working hard like they they might sort of play themselves down or they might not think that it's that it's uh, very much work but they will be working hard there are very 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 few people in the world that can swan into a degree um like a physics degree and just you know just, that is true but those very very few people will tend to go to the universities like oxford and cambridge this is true um that this is this is very true but like don't yeah as sally says don't compare yourself to those people and also just realize that this is difficult what you're trying to do so it's okay to struggle it's like how you deal with that and how you how you approach the work that's the important thing so i feel like is there anything else you'd like to add there sally this is too close to my actual problems right now. Can we change to a different question? <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> okay, well, Anonymous, I hope that that was useful to you. Uh, again, if you are listening to this and you have a crisis that you'd like, it will be me and the other Dan, not the female Dan, um, mm-hmm. uh, who will be talking uh, about about it and trying to offer some advice. Then do send that to spongyelectric at gmail.com with Crisis Corner in the subject line, and we will get back to you in a future episode. And now we find ourselves in Correspondence Corner. So Sally just complained off camera, because there aren't any cameras, so the whole thing's off camera, that um, there weren't enough emails in Crisis Corner. Yeah, I want there to be more than one crisis a week. I I want the world to be more full of crises. Uh, No, I, I like the crises, and I like having different things to talk about. Basically, yeah, I want I, to turn I this podcast it. into an advice podcast, which it isn't. Um, it's dear. It's not dear Hank and John. It's exactly, dear Simon it's and Dan. not dear Hank and John. Um, but I think you should send in more crises, however big, however small, so that you hear that, listeners. One. Send us in. So for the meantime, we do have a few emails, and we also have a fan fiction, which I'm rather excited about, based on last week. I also shout out to my friend David, who listens to the podcast, who said he might write a Warhammer themed uh, fan fiction. Oh, David, God. for the love of God, send that to me. Oh no, I made the very fatal mistake of very fatal, <laughs> as opposed to slightly fatal uh, mistake of asking Simon about Warhammer. <laughs> I, I am neither any synopsis. more informed. Um, than I was before but also I had to sit through Simon talking about Warhammer for ages it was I I, I was curious the other day so I looked it up Um, one of the key figures um, certainly for mm, yeah I think you could probably say the most important figure in 40k is the god emperor of mankind I looked up his fan wiki his Wikipedia article is 16,000 words long. Now you see, um, readers, what Simon's trying to do here is to move the conversation back onto Warhammer. Um, <laughs> but we're not going to allow that. One day I will just randomise and it won't be a real Wikipedia article. It'll be a Warhammer fan Wikipedia that I'll randomise onto. But and see how long it takes to dance. Not today and not whilst I am on the pod. No, this 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 day where it's they're gonna take our first email from Jack Hall with subject line all caps extremely important. He's basically just emailed to complain at me saying Ooh. Hi you two which is actually works for Sally yeah. and I. Um I, I'm emailing because I was watching Simon's latest vlog. Uh, it'd man. be me and Sally or Sally and me. Yeah. Yes. Dan's not here, I had to fill you in. I don't think yeah. you've said worry yet, but you do pronounce worry wrong. It's worrying. It's It's not worrying. Uh, it's not like a quarry. Not it's you too. Worrying. Like slurry. It's like slurry, not quarry. Look, if th- this is not if the world comes up, we can have this debate. Yeah. <laughs> For the time being. The, the Jack is basically complaining, saying that he can't stand windows. Simon, I love your work, man, but What's I highly recommend switching to What's wrong with windows? How else are you gonna let the light come in? Sorry, I only had a plastic thing to hand. Um, well done. Do um, you know the glass was actually really quite revolutionary. Um, and that I think it was the invention of glass around the kind of Middle Ages time is what gave Europe a sudden boost in scientific productivity. When well, glass was invented far- by the was but it was invented by the Phoenicians in uh like about a thousand bc i thought like or like first millennium bc 
Sorry, when I say invented, I mean kind of like the the skills that go alongside glass blowing and being able to make delicate instruments with glass. Um, oh, I which get Which was you. happening at the time of the Enlightenment. And that was mm. when there was kind of a jump in Western scientific progress that wasn't matched in Eastern scientific progress, which up to that point had, if anything, been better than Western. Oh, um, considerably, yeah. Partly because like beakers and flasks and literally just the the equipment you can make with glass that you can't easily make from other materials that are natural because it's such an inert and colorless substance sorry i don't know why we're oh windows so yeah windows are really cool and they used to make windows out of soaked papyrus so you'd have paper as a window to let light in rather than glass that is interesting. So this is why they brought you on the pod. it's not true that glass... Um, is a fluid. Is a fluid and that it's thicker at the bottom than at the top. It's just that uh, there, if there were impurities in the glass making process, the people building the windows would deliberately put the thicker bit at the bottom because it was more sturdy. And, and also I think it was melt. something to do with how it, it set. Like the, the, the it, it, it was like whilst... It's not like the, the argument was, I think, that it was completely planar when it was put in and then it mm-hmm. gradually seeped to the bottom. Whereas I think mm-hmm. actually it's it's more that when you cast it, there would be an angle on it. And so naturally the, the slightly liquid material, whilst it cools, will pull to one side. Yes. Um, I believe. But and yes, so they so put talk- it in uneven rather so than Sally- it becomes uneven over time. So Sally loves glass, but you know who... Sorry, Sally, Sally loves windows, but you know who doesn't is Jack Hall because he wants me to switch to Mac. Um, no, I am a hundred percent Mac free. I don't even own an iPod. I don't well, own a single does bit anymore. Of a... But <laughs> oh god, I'm so glad Dan isn't here. Actually, he'd be ripping into me. But yeah, I, I really like I like working on Windows. Like, I mean, admittedly, I had that problem in the vlog. Where I had to do updates, but like to be fair, I pushed my PC to the limit. It's getting a little bit old. My my computer. Um, I yeah, was like... able to upgrade my computer um, a, a few weeks ago by actually mm. opening up the computer. And physically adding more memory and more processing power. And that's not something you can do on a Mac. No, you can't. It's a completely closed system, isn't it? I based, um, So I added 10 terabytes more actual memory and over doubled the processing power for a fraction of what a new computer would have cost. Yeah. Oh, that's what probably what I'll do with mine. I'll probably just add a bunch of new stuff to it. Like mm-hmm. uh, that that's one of the reasons why I prefer Windows. Like I don't like the idea that with Macs it's just a closed box and it's like just don't look at the man behind the curtain kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like And for now, don't, don't I will say, particularly when it comes to phones, Apple is making some of the best uh phones of a comparable price to the competitors. However, in the past Apple products have been so much more expensive for what you get. And once mm. you're in the Apple ecosystem, you're kind of that's the thing it's the ecosystem yeah yeah so it's the risk of so at the moment you're getting an efficient high quality product but in the future you'll still be getting a high quality product but it might cost far more than the equivalent would that wasn't apple yeah i mean i i like i i get that iphones are good but because Mm -hmm. of the ecosystem point the fact that i i use google for so much of what i do Mm -hmm. and i know that you can get it on on iphones i just I like the way that Android works. I like the fact how it integrates with Google stuff and it's cheaper. It's it's yeah. like obviously like the top end isn't, but like yeah, I was gonna say I, a flagship Samsung phone is just as expensive. Um, yeah, I mean, but I there think, are I think, there are more options. I think when I upgrade I'll probably go for a Pixel two. Um partly for because Pixel I do girl. actually 
Yes, for Pixel Pixel Girlfriend and a Pixel Phone. Um, God, that's going to be meta when I do like video calling. Um, but like, I do use the camera quite a lot on my phone because sometimes I will vlog using it. And the only reason I don't do it more is because the camera on my Sony isn't the best. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, um, I, no, I am not moving to Apple. I am I'm sticking to my Windows guns. Um, so I appreciate the advice, Jack, but uh, I'm sticking to Windows. How is your Welsh, Sally? Do you know any Welsh? Well, I've we've now got a cottage in Wales, um, so I can read oh, Welsh road signs, but I I don't know actually how you pronounce them. So well, I can tell you how to luck. write services in Welsh. So we've just been, I've just sent you this message um, on the old facky book. Um, we've uh-huh. been sent a message by Anthony Jones, um, who writes, "Hooray, Monsieur Clawmark." I like it. Um, I'm writing this while being 30,000 feet over the country of France. Ah, um, after a week's holidaying in Toulouse. Uh, you, win, you win some, Toulouse some. Um, highly recommend it due to the beautiful cathedrals. Being both Welsh and a rugby player, I feel I am not really your target clientele. What do you mean? But I, I came across an expanse of media due to living in Oxford and have loved it for the past few years. Oh, wonder where he lived. Anyway, um, he, he, he continues. However... Your dislike of the Welsh language is a slight bone of contention, so I thought I'd include some passages for you to utterly mangle whilst trying to highlight the beauty of it. So have you got the message open in front of you, Sally? I've got it open in front of me. Do you want to have a go at these these words? So if you do it first, I'll follow. So, so yeah, so this is the thing is that um, I love Wales. It's my favourite place in the UK. And whenever you're driving, the signs are bilingual. So they have it in English and Welsh. So I see mm. a lot of Welsh and I have a little Welsh book which tells you how to pronounce it. But it's, you do have to know the rules. So I am almost certainly going to break this. So W's are oo sounds if they're in the middle. So owl, which is written H-W-D-I-H-W, I'm going to guess is hoodie hoo or something like yeah. that. I, that um, I, I was going to say something. Or hoodie hoo. Or something, because like, was that Hwidiwu maybe? Well, That's there's like no the, the the W won't be a W, it will be an U. Uh. Like Betsy right. Coid is with a W. And oh, I thought that was uh. Betsy so, Coed. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so it's hoodie hoodie hoo. But if it's copying the sound an owl makes, which is woohoo, no, that's a pigeon. Um, so the female owl goes hoo, and the male owl goes hoo. Um, so it's two different hours that make the twit twoo. Um, I didn't know that. There you go. Okay. Uh, and then uh, the next one's rabbit hutch. Yes. Um, so you, you probably know the first word. C W T C H. Is that kuch? So yeah, like kuch means cuddle. Um, oh. Ah. So yeah, it's it's really sweet. So I'm guessing it's kuch kunigan. Because the, the the second word there is spelled C W N I N G E N. Yeah. Uh, Kutch Kunigan. I'm guessing. Something like that. Um, I really like this next one. Uh, do you want? Should we try and pronounce this and then try and give the translation? Yeah. <laughs> this has got too many vowels. I'd like to point out. It has. I I have no idea. Uh, I'm gonna guess Heriath. Yeah, Heriath. Hiriath. I'm going to go with. That's H I R I A E T H. 
And Anthony says, this has got no direct English translation because it's a feeling. It's the fe- emotion of contentment at being at home or the desire to return home. Hideth. I like that. And then next is microwave, which, which there was that viral. Which is ping. It's not microdon. It's ping. Yeah, micro. I, I had to. I'd heard popty ping, but I mean, Anthony is the Welsh one of the three of us. So, well, no, I, there are different words for it, but a lot of Welsh people I know do call it popty ping because okay. popty is, so I think, ridiculous. oven. Oh, it's pop popty is oven. Okay. I think so. Yeah, popty ping because it goes ping. I love it. Mm-hmm. And then, I, what's the rule on double D's apart from the fact that they're double great? D's are f- or s's. Um, oh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> So it's kind of a THFV sort of sound. THFV. That isn't a that isn't a thing. Well, no, all of those so, sounds. So th, f, or v. It's kind of oh, that sort of at the front of the mouth in the lips sort of sound. So double D's in the lips. So that would I, be something like Eistavod. I. Yeah, I Eistavod. Eistafod. I'm gonna go with that as well. <laughs> Apparently, that's a festival of the best Welsh language poets, singers, musicians, dancers, and artists. Do you think the like if you can pronounce the name of the event is like a shibboleth that you can get in if you can actually pronounce it? Um, uh-huh. Add to the add to this uh, the fact that it's presided over by a synod of druids, making it a pretty bitching festival of about two hundred thousand visitors a year. I'd never heard of that. My favourite Welsh words, which I don't know how to pronounce because I only see them on road signs. Let's see if you can guess what they are. Um, so this is the English pronunciation of a Welsh word, and uh, you have to guess what the translation is. So there's oh, goasanathau. <laughs> goasanathau. Yeah. Um, go south. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Services. Oh, nice. I know. Um, Araf Hedlu is slow uh, police. I know that one. Yes, it is. Araf is slow. Arafich Nara is reduced speed now. Uh, Peregal. I thought that was a Greek hero. Uh, that is danger. Oh. Um, there's uh, Saffelboos. Saffelboos. Is, th- is that a minibus? Bus stop. Bus stop. Oh, nearly. Uh, the easy one, Castell. Castle. Yeah. Uh, you've done Headley. Uh, was it Iglase? In- a church? Yeah. A school. Y S G O L. Yeah, school. Um, for four dual, um, five mil tier. I have no clue whatsoever. <laughs> dual carriageway in five miles. Oh, right. Is that near your house by any chance? <laughs> uh, no, a big sign it's just that. you see these everywhere. Um, so for Ford with two Fs. Um, is road and you have Miltier and Llath, uh, miles and yards um, because these are the things that you pick up when you're in a car you don't learn any actual useful Welsh you learn the signs to the services well you know if, if it's if it helps you in life then it's a useful language skill I suppose mm-hmm. but thank you very much Anthony for sending that in uh, you it, didn't it, it mention includes... that Anthony is also a dog person I was about to get to that. I was literally about to say it. Spaniels and spaniels are my favourite type of dog, specifically King Charles spaniels. But Springer spaniels are just as adorable. And they're called Dylan and Bob. No. I like that. That's good. 
Good and also, he concludes by saying, uh, good day to you both and keep up the fantastic work. Anthony Jones, age 20.38B4. Jones. It's, it's like... um. Tony uh, Jones. It's like Will, Will Williams or Williamson or something like that. Uh, oh no, David Davidson is the ultimate David, David Davidson. We had, there was actually an organist uh, at Exeter called David Davis. Um, mm-hmm. who unfortunately now shares the name of the Brexit secretary, uh, secretary yeah. which is awkward. Uh, but yeah, so I think he was he was a classic sort of Welsh name. But the, basically, Anthony signed off in hex, hexadecimal, 20.34D4, FDF, 3B6, 45A1CAC083. That seems like that's too accurate, Anthony. I don't think that's, that's going to be accurate at the time of recording. So add a little bit on to that, I think. But... Oh, thank you for saying that um, the Wikicast is in your top three podcasts, along with Hello Internet and 99% Invisible. I yeah. thought you didn't like decimal ages. No, that's that's hexadecimal. That's yeah, but like it's also written as point something. A decimal. It's, it, it is. And, and a, it's not fractional. It's the more tolerable form of decimal, decimal okay. heresy. I will allow that to exist on the fringes if people want to convert their ages to hex. But uh, that's that's vaguely acceptable. Also, Anthony, uh, that's a great... I just read your post-postscript. Um, he says, Aside from the podcast, I'm two degrees of separation from Simon as I once did a pirate murder mystery on Aberystwyth Beach with Hannah Wakeford, who I did the top female scientist top trumps cards with. Mm. So that's that's quite a fun fact. Then lastly, of our sort of regular correspondence, we have a, a name, a great... Her great name uh, correspondence here. Oliver von Hofstein uh, has sent an email. Greetings. Dear Messrs. Clark and Moore. And the page. <clears throat> I've just add- added that bit. Uh, greetings from the United States. I recently discovered Simon's YouTube channel and the podcast and have been enjoying them very much. I'm a PhD student in music theory. So I'm mm. sure you can imagine how much I look forward to your discussions of music. Sorry. Uh, and your studies, among other topics. I have been slowly working my way through the Wikicast episodes in reverse chronological order. It was a while ago now, but in episode... 21 you had a conversation wondering about the overlap between romanticism in literature and in music so i thought this was interesting to you too sally because i know you do like romantic um, i love romantic music i don't know much romantic literature oh well i think we're about to have some knowledge laid on us um uh because oliver wants to offer his perspective as a scholar of music it's not uncommon for music to show signs of stylistic change a little bit later than literature and visual arts so for example i've noticed this while romanticism in literature, art and music share many of the same aesthetics and ideas, we don't see those ideas reflected in music until a little later. This happens with other style periods as well, perhaps a reflection of the relative conservatism of music as a discipline, though I can't claim enough to know about literature or visual art to make that statement without reservations. That's really interesting that like, perhaps just as, a, as an art form, music is slower to change. I um, have noticed this because when you think of say Tudor Elizabethan paintings um mm. and then going onwards they've already got that it was who was it that did the skull with a weird perspective was Holbein. It Holbein. Hans Holbein it was Holbein um and you're thinking of that as quite what I would see as advanced art I am terrible I think that old are art you is about to say that art. Tudor music isn't terribly advanced well when you think of Tudor music you think of it as a lot older like when you when you think of green sleeves, you think oh, but that that's that's an example that it, of simple Tudor music. But it is it's a lot what we would see as older. Whereas I don't know, I like the like even Pride and Prejudice. You're still looking at late classical. 
whereas um so kind of like the big literature stuff is what late 1700s early 1800s where i would say the best music this is coming very biased that's a subjective a, thing yeah i know i know it's completely subjective and i am a clarinet player so my um genre only starts after mozart um <laughs> but yeah i don't know i just think that when i think of art and then i think of the music being played at the same time that that was written it, in my head it seems to be that the music feels earlier than the artwork was or well, that I the think writing was this is interesting actually i had i was literally having a pub chat with a guy last night a friend of mine who is a um french horn player in mm-hmm. various london orchestras um and we were talking about how at the moment it feels like there's kind of a golden age of choral music specifically um and yet that doesn't necessarily extend to anything really more than maybe chamber music like orchestral music as a whole generally at the moment isn't doing as much in its field as choral music is at the moment unless Um, you include film music yeah that of course is the notable exception but that that's the point right is that the people that fund new compositions are institutions certainly at the moment like oxford and cambridge colleges that have choirs and so the people that get funding to actually write new stuff at the moment are small forces and that that normally seems to mean choirs um but i think it's completely nonsense to separate out film and tv and uh, video game music from proper music because that's what i wanted to say hugely funded that's what i wanted to say was that like it basically previously i feel like perhaps that is a pattern that has existed before that music which is written for small forces and that normally does mean choral music uh, probably catches up quicker to changes in style than orchestral music because there are more commissions available whereas now now that the um, visual media is such a thing and that involves um, sort of film scores to go with it and the tv scores perhaps that's now going to change and you know film scores are going to change maybe even quicker because you get more scores commissioned than you do choral pieces these days um where, whereas you know back in the tudor period um you know new church music was being written pretty much every single day but i don't think that was the case necessarily for and obviously things like the symphony didn't even exist then but like you know the the larger ensembles weren't going to be getting so many commissions if that makes sense well they take longer as well yeah well i mean yeah like uh it, it depends like for for choral stuff you can write stuff like i don't know the pope marcellus mass i don't even know how long that took palestrina to write probably like two years that's still for small forces um but like that's different from just dashing out like a motet um you know it's it's i just it's just kind of interesting to like kind of the the sociological aspects of seeing how music ch- has changed over the years mm-hmm. um like by by genre um it was just i don't know it was an interesting conversation i had last night i just thought it was kind of in, kind of cool that it was relevant to this i do like comparing different things on the time scale same time scales it's like the the thing that goes around the internet every six months or so that cleopatra is closer to the moon landing than she was to the building of the great pyramids yeah um and it's just those things where you know about all of these things individually, but when you realize how recent they are to each other. So, for example, the Aztecs are far more modern than most people think. Um, they're more modern than Oxford University. Well, that's not that difficult. Um, you've got a thousand <laughs> years of Oxford University. Um, all right, brag about it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, it's it's just there are some things where for some reason they feel like they belong in a different time yeah um 
But yeah, so, so I'm glad I read that one out. That was that was a very interesting email, Oliver. If you do fancy sending us in more musical insights, because for one thing, I want to know about your thesis. If you're a PhD student in music theory, that sounds fascinating. Um, but yeah, uh, he concludes, keep up the great work on the podcast. And I very much look forward to future episodes. Best wishes, age Oliver, 21 and 11, 104. Thank you. That's that's how you write an age. Um, although, P.S., while I would ideally vote for Team Goldfish, I'm afraid I must place my vote for Team Cat, if only given the choice oh. between cats and dogs. Wait, I don't understand how a goldfish lover can like cats. Well, my dad... Actually, that's true. My dad hates cats, um, and he loves his fish. Um, I don't know. Different strokes for different folks. Nothing wrong with that. Also, I'm trying to think what fraction can be expressed over 104 that is also out of 365. Well, it might be that they've accounted for leap years. Oh, that's not allowed. It's not, it's not allowed. Absolutely not. But speaking of things that are absolutely not allowed, um, I have a happy little fan fiction here. Do you? Because these I, kind of went out of favour in the podcast, didn't they? Uh, yeah, after the sex incident. Um, yes, but but this is this has been sent in by the Mustache Man, which is Cameron, uh, who I met at the University of Bristol when I gave a talk. Um, he, he writes, "Dear Morlock, oh, there's a load of birds outside my window. Oh, isn't that nice? There's like a flock of twenty of them has just flown past. It's nice to know I have your full attention, sir. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know the it was the Mustache Man that asked if I could come on the podcast. Oh yes, so you got your way, Cameron. And Dan's um, forehead and Simon's beard." It was the Our three body disembodied, parts. yeah, facial parts. <laughs> the Mr. Potato Head of... Uh, and Cast. much as I like the moustache man, I do hate your moustache. Just so <laughs> that is out there. Why? It's, it's a great moustache. I also hate your beard. Oh, that's fair. But yeah, I like it... Dan's forehead. Jolly good. Uh, hang on, is this based on the actual appearance of the moustache? Yeah, or is this your... based on the Discord? No, 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 no. This is your moustache that I have seen oh, on your face. I, I do not like. No, but you, you know why the moustache man is like, he has an amazing moustache. Oh, what? That's his moustache. That is his moustache. Can I also say how both of us are saying moustache differently, but not changing to match the other? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, anyway. So, so that is uh, his moustache put onto your face. Uh, yes. It's it's an amazing, amazing moustache. I just um, find moustaches really off-putting. And, like, it's drawing attention to the moustache. And then you just see these lips. It's like watching people talk when they have a beard. It's really horrible because you can just kind of see the lips moving, but all within this hairy monster. And it's Somebody just isolate really, that audio, please. And it makes them look, like, really pink and weird and often if i don't know why but i've noticed a correlation between beards and chapped lips and so yeah it just draws attention to the lack of lip maintenance are you feeling all right sally that is the most unhinged <laughs> rant i think i've ever heard you go on it's <laughs> like beard havers like what is with your lips like... i don't like beards they i mean you got to admit though beards do draw attention to lips i guess yes they do um it's not something i thought terribly much not nowhere near as much as you have uh about it appear 
Anyway, the moustache man has has <laughs> seemed him. I am appreciative of your of your moustache. Um, uh, yeah, dear Morlock, I thoroughly enjoyed your reading of the fan fiction last week, especially the sound effects. Good, that was a lot of work. Um, I was impressed that you essentially predicted where the story was going, even if you didn't realize it. A few adaptations later, and I present chapter two. Doesn't contain as much action, but I guess it's important to also set up some kind of story. Nah. Um, Simon, it was nice to meet you on Thursday. Um, and. Uh, I can confirm you have no sense of ego around your fans whatsoever. Suck a dick, Simon. Uh, I Literally, at the start of this podcast, before we started recording, I did chastise Simon for going off on a 40-minute roundabout. Oh my God, how amazing am I? And how amazing am I when I talk to my fans? <laughs> I did not like, oh my God, that. my fans are so amazing. And my audience, but mostly it's my relationship with my audience is so down to earth. And like these other YouTube <laughs> celebrities, like it's so great, you know, how I am just able to talk to them like they're people. Like, I think that makes me a really great person. And uh, that just made me laugh so much. The emphasis was very much more on how great the fans were, not me. I'd like to emphasize that. You go back but... and listen to it, Simon. Oh, I never listen back to the podcast. Like, like that's a terrible, that's a terrible idea. Um, no, oh, but yes, suck a dick, Sally. Uh, I apparently have no sense of ego around. My I'd fans. rather not, thanks, Simon. Well, you know, different strokes for different folks. Um, I look forward to seeing you soon. Um, uh, and as for Dan, hopefully I get to see you on Friday. Oh, because he, he met up at the um, Dodie event. Um, Dodie, if you fancy yeah. being on this podcast, Dan's not listening anymore. Please, for the love of God, email me because I will make that happen. And or wanna- me. Yeah, you actually, can message yeah, email me Sally. on Facebook, seeing as you actually know me. Please, I want to I wanna give Dan a heart attack. It's going to be amazing. Anyway, um, so uh, Cameron says, thank you as always and enjoy the fanfic. So here we go. Let's settle in, boys and girls, for chapter two of The Virtual Adventures of Simon and Dan. Are you ready, Sally? I, am, I don't remember what happened in the first one. Oh, okay. So chapter one, um, this is, it's a sci-fi adventure. We were on a, a spaceship trying to escape um and there were lasers i can can you tell i can't really remember um and i basically escaped i i got dan and i off because i put a gun to my head fired and then like teleported behind an alien and shot it it was like a okay. weird moment but it was like i was holding myself hostage with a gun to my head yeah um, i think i remember that bit yeah okay so let's let's crack on chapter two Dan was getting tired. They'd been defending the room for 15 minutes already. The local starbase was certainly taking its time to get them off this doomed ship. I'd just like to point out, Cameron, that's that it's... There shouldn't be an apostrophe in there. That's It's non-possessive. It is. It's certainly taking it is time to get them off this doomed ship. I love you really, Cameron. What the hell is taking them so long? Simon shouted at his Australian sidekick. Dan tapped frantically at his gauntlet. I have no idea! The signal's dead! What My was that? My accent has not improved. I think you'll find that Dan will be like, oh, I've got no idea. Uh, the signal's dead. <laughs> Is he Hugh? He's like a weird mix of Hugh Grant and David Attenborough. Yeah, um, it, that really. I'm doing the whole kind of head bobbing thing as I do it as well. Just to kind of get into character. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very Simon Hugh reached... Grant-esque head bobbing. Oh, gosh, terribly sorry. Uh, I have no clue. Simon reached forward and grabbed an alien who'd managed to get slightly too far. He tackled it to the ground, shoved his blaster into the monster's mouth, and pulled the trigger. Jesus Christ! Dan exclaimed. Talk about brutal! You can never be too careful with these things, Simon replied as he removed the bloody barrel from the corpse's dangling jaw. Oh my god! He stood up, looked down at his handiwork. 
He could be a little sadistic sometimes, but you really have to take pleasure in saving your own life. Oh my god. What kind of person do you that think is very I am, you, Simon. That is very What do you mean that's very me? <laughs> when have I ever done anything like that? In fact, it's not. It's very me. I'm the sadistic one of the two of us. Yeah, you're the one that was like pulling insects <laughs> apart when you were a kid, probably. Okay. Uh, no, um, I do that now for a living. This is true. Government yeah, pays exactly. me to pull insects apart. Dan heard the scrambled static coming from his wrist. Wrist. Definitely really. It wasn't, he didn't have a board game with him. The starship was finally getting through to them, but the signal wasn't quite strong enough. Not yet. Dan let Simon know. Give it a few more minutes, he replied. The duo continued firing their guns, throwing power grenades down the hall, killing alien after alien, monstrosity after monstrosity. They were both surely going to hell. Do you want to have another go at saying monstrosity? No, it's in now. That's fine. Okay. They were both surely going to hell after all the lives they had taken, but it was either the aliens It's or fine, it the Pope them. doesn't believe in hell anymore. Did you hear that? Yeah, like I love the fact that he said that and the, the Catholic Church was like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> like, <laughs> ignore that. <laughs> to be fair, I don't... I've you, read were the, the New you were brought up Catholic, weren't you? No, 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 not, not, not? not at all. I was, I was brought up Anglican. Um, oh, there's the long-tailed tits outside my window. There's a oh, pair of long-tailed really tits. That is, are they blue? No, they're not blue tits. They're long-tailed tits. Yeah, but I mean, it's the cold name. out. They're very cute. I love long-tailed tits. They're one of my favourite birds. They look <laughs> like... so much um, about you. They look like pink and... Uh, it's kind of like a pink and a dusky grey uh, cotton... Uh, cotton candy, uh, candy floss on the end of a tail. They are so adorable. And because they're so small, they have to huddle up in large groups to sleep so they can stay warm. And they're Welcome really to sociable. the Birdcast with Sally LePage. <laughs> Sorry, do carry on with shooting monsters in the mouth and having their disembodied jaws hanging from the edge of the blaster. I am paying attention. Thank you. Dan and Simon both knew they couldn't last much longer. Just a few more strokes. And just as they were about to get overwhelmed, they disappeared from the ammo bay and arrived on the starship 0749 Poseidon. Just in time, too, because just as they teleported, Dan's image froze. Simon tapped on his forehead to double check. And yes, Dan had gone completely passive. No response at all. Good place <laughs> like to a tap. display screen. I know. <laughs> <laughs> just, just give it a double tap on his forehead to like Dan. I'm <laughs> learning scuba diving uh, rescue techniques. And the way you check if someone is unconscious is to tap on their mask. So that is the correct thing to do is to tap on Dan's forehead. Oh, okay. It's a big target. Roughly 30 seconds later, Dan resumed movement and apologised. Sorry, he said. Ed just got out of the bath. Time to go get ready for tonight's even song. No worries. I just handed in this quest. It's okay time to log out. Good session, though, Simon praised. Oh my god, we're in a game. Holy shit, this is such a plot twist. I did not see this coming. Uh, hell yeah, it was. Same again tomorrow. I'm not sure. Kind of fancy... Oh, hang on, who was... Hell yeah, it was. Same time again tomorrow. I love this. I can get away with the accent. I don't constantly have Dan telling me off. Um, I mean, it is terrible, but it's also... Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. You're only allowed to do Dan in an Australian accent if you do you in a Bristolian accent. Okay, that's that's fair. only fair. That's fair. Okay. I'm not sure. Kind of fancy the Skaven strike tomorrow. I'm in a bit of a fantasy mood, Simon suggested. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? (laughs) You, this is me trying to silently laugh, but it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Just think of me with my mouth wide open right now. You can't see it, but yeah, I'm enjoying this. 
Okay. <laughs> oh boy, that's going to be taken out of context. Simon suggested, he always loved to play the cleric priest. And of course, Dan was a Harry Potter fan, so he could never resist the opportunity to be the mage in a fantasy world, even if it was Warhammer and not the wizarding world of HP. Oh, Harry Potter. I thought that was yeah, the source. Yeah, not HP source. Sure thing, Dan replied. I've got work, but it should be on afterwards. Great news. See you tomorrow, Simon said, and then logged off. He removed his VR helmet and stared at it. This new technology will never get old. It was genuinely as if they were really there, which really instills a certain amount of realistic panic. Time to get back editing, he thought to himself. Dan saw Simon log off and quickly followed. It wasn't quite the end of the night yet, and he was already getting quite tired. It may be a game, but it feels so real. The fight had really taken a lot of the energy out of him. He hadn't expected their ship to be hijacked, and frankly, not prepared for it. Playing the Skaven Strike tomorrow will be a well-needed break. And that's the end of the chapter. What I, I thought that, that was going to take coming. a very different direction. Yeah, just Dan boots up porn afterwards. It's like I've logged off. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh, oh God, it feels technology. very realistic. <laughs> well, that's uh, don't give them ideas because they they will write that. Um, oh, please thank do. You. No, don't. <laughs> please don't. Thank you very very much, Cameron, uh, uh, for, for your for the fan fiction. I enjoyed that. Have that you was seen a good twist. Ready Player One or read it? No, I I should read it. Because I hear bad things about it in a sense that the guy's apparently a bit of a creep. Um, and the film is different to the book, but I've not read the book nor seen the film. Yeah, I, I bought the book as a present for a friend of mine uh, a while ago and he really liked it. So I should probably... I don't know. I've, I've heard that like as a, fi- as a film, it's quite spectacular. But yeah, it's changed a few things. Mm-hmm. But I'll, try and, I'll try and see it uh, before the next um, podcast if I can. Like I've, I've not got very much time at the moment, but I'm, I, I'd like to see it, if nothing else, because it will be just kind of trashy entertainment. Um, yes. And but, yeah, I could do it. But of the, the sort that Simon deems okay and not of the sort that I deem okay, because you're Simon the, does you... not have double standards when it comes to films. You're the kind of person that likes DC. I can just tell. And you probably haven't seen any DC films. Well, actually, we, my friends and I are currently watching every single Marvel film in order every week. Oh, how far have you got? Uh, we just watched Thor, which what, is a What great have you film. thought so far? I can't believe that The Incredible Hulk was continued after The Incredible Hulk film. And oh, that yeah, that is It says a lot trash. about how bad male superheroes can be and it still not reflect badly on them because that was yeah. so difficult to watch. Um, Iron Man 2, I'd give that one a miss. Um, yeah. Iron Man 1, it's a good enough film. Thor is definitely up there in my favourites. Really? Um, because I just think that Loki is such a fantastic character. Oh, and you it's, it's get pro- the Avengers. I, I've seen the Avengers. Um, it's a oh. proper epic i saw Avengers in the cinema when it came out um i've seen quite a lot of marvel films i just oh, okay. don't eh, they're all right uh like i've seen black panther eh, it's okay um wasn't worth the hype uh i've seen avengers have i seen avengers 2 i'm not sure um wow I, i'm genuinely amazed that you've seen all of these films yeah i've seen those i'd seen iron man one and two before i've seen thor one two and three um what did you think uh, of Ragnarok? I thought it was absolutely hilarious and it was really refreshing to watch. It was a film... I need to rewatch it. It was I'd... a um, comic book film for people that don't like comic books films and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I need mean, to rewatch there, it. There were moments when constantly focusing on the humour did take away from the pathos of the scene, but 
I just enjoyed the humor too much and it was it was it was fun and that's what I often like about uh, an escapism film is just to have fun I don't need it to be dark and broody and important well speaking of having fun what have we learned today Sally what what have we discussed in the article I have actually closed the article it wasn't win- widow's peak w- widnell's peak some Wickham's can... peak Whitman's Wilkins peak, peak. I found it Wilkins in my history. Peak. Wilkins Peak, we have found out that Wilkins Peak is a, a mountain that is um, two Snowdens and yes. Simon <laughs> likes to use the imperial system because he is an imperialist. Because I'm a loyal member of the Imperium of Man. That's why. I'm no heretic. That's a 40k reference. Don't worry. I'm not, I'm not actually like a British Empire nut. Daily Mail reading wanker. Um God, that's going to alienate some well, listeners. Well, you are <laughs> one of the three. Hang on. I'm a wanker. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, it's very common for men my age. Um yes. So we, we also, you actually enjoyed yourself in Critics Corner. I I enjoy criticising things. I am very sorry to <laughs> no, the people. No, you? <laughs> no, I, I am very sorry to the people who had to sit through it because Simon was too self-indulgent to cut most of it in the edit. I'm keeping it in because it's good content. That's why. I, if I, if I had my way, there would have been more crisis corner and less critic corner. So what you're saying is, I'm sorry, everybody, for actually, you know, producing content which is boring, and I want more of you to have terrible things happen to you so we can discuss your your problems. Yeah, is that, that is exactly synopsis? what I'm saying. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, because the because now I've learned what Discord is. Um. There's also the the live listening, isn't there? I there sound is, like on such Saturday a mornings. grandma. Saturday morning. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to be here on Saturday morning. Are you scuba diving? I'm scuba diving, so I won't well, be able can, to. You can watch I'll it back I'll be in afterwards. the car on the way to Cornwall, but I won't be able to join in the live listen. I thought, oh, this would be the perfect time to, to join in the live listen and to see what it's like. And, and like maybe I can give them a cheeky little shout out and then watch the chat as it erupts. But I won't be able to do that because I was scuba diving. Well, what you, you can watch back and the, the chat will play with it on Twitch afterwards. Like yeah, it won't be live. It's not as fun though, is it? It's not as fun, I'll give you that. But like it was the same every week, so they'll include a link to the Twitch in the description for those of you who are curious about that. Um but yes, I'm Well I am now a member of the Discord and for better or for worse, some yes. of you have worked out who I am. That's all for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can like us on Facebook, and if you'd like to see our faces in very few videos, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Or, as I like to call it, Squishy and Zappy. We'd also like to hear your terrible existential crises and some of your bird photos from outside, what you can see outside your window, and any other thoughts on the show. And these can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com without the and, because they're awkward and uh, they would love to hear from you because I won't be here next week. She's definitely not reading that from a script. That was good. Totally like not. <laughs> Professionalism. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole and, and we'll see, see you, next, you next, time. next time. I said they, I should have said we. And no, it's fine. Well, I mean, we, Dan and I will see them next time. You won't. You're I not coming won't. back on this show. I'm not. I'll be back in just a minute. So Simon now can't hear what I'm saying, but for any of the Wikicast listeners, or readers I should say, Simon is currently going for a tinkle, for a, a number one, 
for a trip to the little boy's room and uh, I just want to take this opportunity to I don't I don't actually know what I'm going to do now but um oh I wish I had something like a really embarrassing story that I could say about Simon at this point like how no no I it's really embar- annoying that I don't have a really embarrassing story to tell about Simon at this point oh oh actually 